Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. The heart of a child. There's nothing more pressure than that, right? So this morning, I'm, I'm going to say a few things, and I'm just going to be honest with you, it may make you uncomfortable. I'm going to say a few things that you may say, I don't know about that. But I'm going to ask you one big question this morning. Do people have what you want? You know, as Christians, we often think that going through life is a simplistic message of simplest, simplistic hope that we have in Christ Jesus. It is simple. It's a simplistic salvation. You can't earn it. It's freely given. But do people want what you have? You know, over the years, I've asked myself that same very question day in and day out. And this week alone, I've asked myself that question a thousand times. Do people want what you have? It is so simple for us to let life happen. How many of you this past week have had a really bad day? Don't raise your hands. Just I can see it on your faces. It's okay. How many of you in this past month have had something that put you in a bad mood? We all have. Well, here's the simplicity of that. When we're around people, I'm not saying fake it till you make it. I'm saying this. Remember the source of your salvation. I come to the realization this week, and I, I really dug in and I thought about this. Jesus had some really bad days. I have an excuse for none. He went to that cross. He bore my shame. He was beat beyond recognition for me. His beard was plucked out. He was mocked. He was spit upon for me. I have no excuse for a bad day. And when I'm around people in the general public, do they see Jesus in me and through me? That's a question we must ask ourselves every day. Did you get up this morning and was you truly excited about coming to church? This morning when you got up, did you say, you know what, I get to go worship Jesus. Ain't nothing going to stop me. Nothing's going to make me have a bad day. Nothing's going to mess this up because he is my Savior. Nothing can come between me and him. But do people really want what you have Monday through Friday and Saturday? Not just Sunday, but every day of the week. See, it's so simple to let life happen. And we, we, we do all the right things. We say all the right things on Sunday. We, we go through all the motions. But at the end of the week, do people want what you have? I'll share a story with you before we dive into the, the scripture this morning. There was this guy. He worked with this gentleman for 33 years. True story. They worked together for 33 years, side by side, day in and day out. And one day, the man decided he was going to retire. And he looks at his buddy that he was working with. He said, man, I'm retiring. This month is it. He said, what are you going to do with all that time that you're going to have now? You know, you're, just, you're going to be retired. You're not going to have nothing to do. He said, man, I'm going to go camping. I'm going to go on mission trips. I'm going to go fishing. He said, mission trips? Out of all that, mission trips caught his ear. 
He said, so you're going on all these mission trips. What exactly is a mission trip? He said, oh, my church goes all the time. He said, I never knew that you went to church. He said, yeah, man, I've been a Christian since I was a teenager. He said, well, I never knew that. Don't raise your hands, but I'm going to ask you another difficult question this morning. How many of you in your immediate family have people that do not know Jesus? How many of you have people in your circle that you work with that do not know Jesus? How many people are you around day in and day out that do not know Jesus? But here's the biggest question of them all. Do they know that you know Jesus? Hebrews chapter 12 is where we're going to be at this morning. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to go through verses 1 through 3. We're going to focus in on, on verse 1 this morning. There's a reason behind that. I want to bring some things to your attention this morning. When you get there, say amen. Okay. Now, I told you I'll do things. I'm going to do things a little different, okay? You will stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Wherefore, seeing also we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Everybody say, that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher in the, of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Everybody say, endure. The cross, despising the shame, and it was set down at the right hand of God, the throne of God. For consider him that, there's that word again, endured, such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. If you will, pray with me. Father God, we come to you this morning, Lord, and we say we love you. Father God, this morning I ask that you will move me out of the way. Let your word be spoken ever so true. Father God, that at the end of this, this, this service this morning, Father God, that you get all the honor and glory. Father God, if there's one under the sound of my voice, Lord, that their life is not right with you, Father God, I pray even now, Father God, that you'll pierce their heart and draw them near. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for letting us come into your presence. In the sweet, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. Man, you may be seated. Often through life, we, we go through all these complicated scenarios. I know that there are times where where we, we get to doing things and we get to doing them out of habit. How many of you every morning have a routine? We all do, right? We get up, some of us fix coffee, some of us go look out the window, some of us go immediately and get in the shower. Some, everybody does things different, but there's one thing that shouldn't be different among Christians. People should know that you're in love with Jesus. Oh, that's crazy. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain that. You don't explain it. It's your life lived. Have you ever heard that saying, your life lived will preach your funeral? Can I share something with you? I did a funeral for a gentleman one time, and I literally, and Mr. Gene was 78, 79 years old. He would come to church Sunday after Sunday with a notebook. And he would, he would sit down with that notebook week after week. And he was writing. 
And I thought, I wonder what he is writing back there. Maybe he's writing notes. Or, and I never asked. And he passed away and his wife came and asked if I would do the funeral. I said, absolutely, I'd be honored to. And she had that notebook in her hand. And she said every day he would come home from church and he would share with me word for word the sermon. Then he would go to his neighbor's house across the road and he would share it with him. Ladies and gentlemen, sharing the gospel is not hard at all. It's a simplistic measure of a daily life lived for Jesus. If we're living for Jesus and trying to reflect the world, we're doing it wrong. If we're trying to, to please people and live for the king, we're doing it wrong. Because here's the kicker. You're never going to make everybody happy. Trust me, I've learned that a long time ago. You want to know something else, guys? I don't care about your bank accounts. I don't care about your social status. I don't care what, what your friendship circle looks like. I don't care if you're friends with the governor. I'm not concerned about your social life. I'm concerned about your eternal life. Do you reflect Jesus? Do people truly want what you have? Do people look at you and say there's something different about that? There's something in them that I've got to find out what it is. I want to know what it is. I want to see what it is because you know what? The Bible says the eye, the lamp is the eye, the eye is the lamp of the body. People look in your eyes, do they see Jesus? When people look at you, do they say, you know what? There's something really different about you. I've got to know what it is. There's your opportunity to share the gospel. It's not hard. It's not difficult. I promise you this is one of the most simplistic things you will ever do in your entire life. You know what's made it complicated over the years? People. People have complicated the gospel in such a way that they break it down and they look at it and they say, well, what this really means is this. And, you know, you can't really do this unless you do this. And if you don't do this, you can't do that. <laughs> My Bible says that those who believe shall be saved and confess with your mouth. Somewhere along the lines, we have got confused with works, like we've got to do something different, like we've got to be set apart in such a way that we're special apples in the eyes of God but the reality is we've become special eyes in the church pews I told you I was going to say some things this morning to make, make some folks uncomfortable because look I'm going to say this I'm not just preaching this ladies and gentlemen I live it you know what the biggest killer of Christianity is right now comfortable Christians Gandhi said I would be a Christian if it wasn't for the Christians, a lot of people don't understand what it's, how simple it is to follow Jesus. It will cost you everything. Y'all, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness. We're compassed by it. It's all around us. It should be the joy of our soul. Not every day is going to be a good day. Not every day is going to be smiles and happiness. But I can tell you this, as long as you keep your eyes upon the pioneer perfecter of your faith, you have no reason to feel like you failed. Do you know that there are people right now, and I've seen it time and time again, 
who go to church week after week and they're excited about going to church. Now, this is why I asked that question. Y'all ready for the catch 22? They're excited week after week about going to church, David. And they get in the church, brother. They hear that word. They store it in their heart as the word tells us to. Put it in your heart and spill it in your heart. Let it be the transforming and the renewing of your mind that they're so renewed that they don't know how to share what they've been renewed by. Can I tell you who to blame that on? Y'all ready for this? Y'all probably won't hear many of them admit this, but I will. It starts with the preacher. The blame starts behind the pulpit. Did you know evangelism in the United States is on one of the biggest declines in America today? One of the biggest declines. Meanwhile, y'all ready for this? Meanwhile, in Africa, thousands upon thousands of people are giving their life to Jesus daily. Daily. Do you know how many people in Obine County in western Tennessee have never heard the gospel? Seriously, this is just to blow your mind. These are true statistics. 72%. 72% have never heard the gospel. You want a bigger shocker? You know how many in Gibson County has never heard the gospel? 82%. The further it goes that way, the worse it gets. You know why? Because people are so confined to the church that they're surrounded by this such a great cloud of witness that they don't really want to witness. You know what witness means? That means you go in. Everybody do. Raise your right hand. We're going to all get sworn in real quick. Do you solemnly swear to affirm the testimony you're about to give to be the truth? Okay. All right. So here's the thing. We all have a witness and we all have a what? Testimony. And you just swore that the one you was about to give to be the truth. So it's time to do it. Look, here's the problem. And I'm just going to give you solutions. I, look, I see a lot of y'all going, man, he's throwing a lot of problems at us. <laughs> it's okay. Calm down. Because I promise you there's one key solution to this. You, you ready for one last problem? And I'm going to share this with you. The biggest problem that we face is the church has become an organization instead of an anointed people. I remember, and I know a lot of the older folks will, I remember, like I said, I study and I dig in deep into revivals. That's, you know, at, at heart, I'm an evangelist. I love to share the gospel. That's, you know, that's just part of who I am. And a lot of the older folks here are going to remember this. I remember when there were days, and I've seen pictures, I don't remember the days, so let me back up and recant that statement. But I remember reading stories not long ago of how in, in the early 50s and 60s and 70s, even into the early 80s and early 90s, or late 80s and early 90s, that when revival happened, things happened. Lives were changed. People's hearts were changed. What happened to the culture that we're living in now again has become about the organization instead of the anointed people. It's become about the, 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 the complicated complacency of Christians. Are you ready for the solution? I can keep going with the problems. Are you ready for the solution? That's the key question. 
Because here's the solution. It is time, and I'm going to say this. Now, Tater, if they start throwing books at me, you got my back? Okay. It's time for the Christian people to get out of the pew and be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know what we're lacking the most in the United States right now? is Christians with movements. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of pastors out there, who were really loud and proud about politics and all this other stuff, but we're the ones that are loud and proud about the salvation and repentance of Jesus Christ. Think about that for a moment. When's the last time you turned on your TV, you're scrolling through, you see a preacher on TV, and he's not asking for money, but he is sharing the true gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel's not a money gimmick. It's not a get rich or die trying scheme. It's not a pyramid scheme. <clears throat> We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness that everything we do should reflect Jesus. Do people want what you have? Does your attitude reflect Christ? And the words that you speak, even when the telemarketers call, you know how quick they hang up on me? <laughs> Look, I don't hang up on them. They'll call me and they'll be like, hey, how are you doing? I'm calling about your car's extended warranty. I'm like, I'm glad you called because we need to talk about your eternal salvation. <laughs> Click. <laughs> I've actually tried to call them back. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You don't call me and hang up. I didn't call you. You called me. That's rude. Y'all, have y'all ever encountered the IRS scams where they call and they tell you your social security number is about to be suspended and if you don't pay your back taxes, they're going to come get you and take you to jail? Yeah, they don't like me either because they forgot to block their number and I called them back. They're like, what's the last four years social? I was like, Jesus. <laughs> y'all, we, we have missed an important part of Christianity somewhere along the way that is to be Christ-like, not world-like. We're so busy sometimes. And we get so agitated sometimes. Amen? That we all fall short. That's what I love about Romans. It says for all have fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? Not just one or two, but all have fallen short. And we miss the, the opportunity of a lifetime sometimes. When you sit down at a restaurant... It's so simple to just look at the waiter or waitress and be like, you know what? Jesus loves you. I don't know what you've been going through lately, but is there anything I can do to pray for you? You know, the biggest thing that I see a lot of people do, I'll pray for you, and they walk away. And they get busy with life, and they forget. Y'all are looking at me like, I don't forget. Come on now. We're a flawed people. We forget. It's, it's, this is no joke. If it wasn't for Carrie, I would forget my name half of the time. And it's so funny because when we was first talking, Amber's like, do you need to confirm anything with your wife? I'm like, yeah, let me call you back. <laughs> not joking, guys. I've got way too much going on for such a small brain to comprehend sometimes. But one thing I would never forget is to how to share the goodness of God in my life. We, as a Christian people, have got to learn how to be the hands and feet. It's not just serving. It's not just going out and 
and, and helping thy neighbor, which that is huge, don't get me wrong, because love thy neighbor as thyself. It's not just those things. If you truly love your neighbor, and it's not just the guy that lives next to you, or the people who live up the road from you, everybody is your neighbor. I flew a lot of problems at you this morning, amen? Here's the solution. Give it all to Jesus. Do you know how many people I've talked to who struggle daily with life? I talk to me every day. I haven't answered myself yet, but I talk to me daily. I don't think I've answered myself. Have you answered yourself yet? Probably one like Okay. We confirmed. I haven't answered myself yet. But y'all, in seriousness, we, we have all the answers in our, in our homes, on our phones. How many of you have a smartphone that's with you everywhere you go? How many of you carry one of these everywhere you go? I'm not joking. I've got one in every vehicle, in every room of my house. And they don't just collect dust. Here's why. There's even one in the patrol car. Two in the patrol car. I've got one in the seat beside me and one in the trunk next to my shotgun. Don't ask why. <laughs> uh, that's a story for another time. But in all seriousness, guys, we have this great cloud that is around us. And it's the simplicity of the gospel. I need a volunteer. I'm going to show you how simple this is. I need an adult volunteer. See, I told you I'm a little different like that. Now look, I will volunteer somebody. Come here, Amber. Let me borrow you, Amber. <laughs> Matt, one for the team. I'm probably going to regret that later, Amber. I love Amber. I love Amber's heart. She's my buddy. Tater, come here, man. I'm going to use you, Tater. This is the simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity of the gospel is so simple that it's not complicated at all. Let's take, for instance, and this is all hypothetically speaking, okay? Hypothetically speaking. If you slap me, I'm going to cry like a two-year-old, okay? Let's say, for instance, David doesn't know the Lord. Never been to church a day in his life. Invite him to church. What you did this weekend? Nothing. Sunday, we've got a new pastor. Refused. Nah, I don't think so. Pretty good. Might want to come here. Nah, I bet he ain't. Don't start lying. We're in church. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Sorry. We've got quite a few young people. Why don't you come join us? Uh, I'll think about it. Offer to pray for him. I'll pray for you. Tell her you don't want her to pray for you. No, I'd rather you not. Father God, I thank you for his heart. I thank you for who he is. I thank you for who you've called him to be. As you're walking away, you can still pray for people without grabbing a hold of them and making them feel like they're crippled. Follow me? It's the simplicity of the gospel. There's nothing complicated about it. Nothing. Prayer is the easiest way to watch God grip a hold of the hearts of the people around you. People pray for me every day. Look where I'm at. Thank y'all. I appreciate it. Guys, look, it's the simplicity of the gospel. There's nothing complicated here. Nothing. I'm not just telling you these things because I think they work. I've seen it work. 
I've seen it firsthand. I had a guy threaten to break my jaw as I walked away praying for him. Well, you didn't break my jaw. I ain't got to speak to pray for you. Because he knows my heart. Now, I walked a little faster when he said that. Don't get me wrong. He's a big old boy. And I'm thinking, you know, he's a big old guy. It's the simplicity of the gospel. You want to know how we've complicated it? We have forgot that we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness. Do people want what you have? Do people ask about the hope of glory which is in you? Do people say, what is it that makes you different from everybody else I know? Great, let me tell you. Look, it's easy to say I go to church. You know how many times I, I ask people, man, let me ask you a question, and I start every conversation off this way. Do you go to church? And they're either going to say yes or no, or I'm not religious. And then usually the moment I hear I'm not religious, I reply with good. Jesus wasn't either. He wants a relationship, not a religion, ladies and gentlemen. He wants a relationship in such a way that we're not just sitting in pews passing by a couple hours. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to ask him to come. We're going to get ready to sing, and then we're going to close with this. First and foremost, do you know him? Second and foremost, do people know that you know him? What are you willing to do this week to be the hands and feet of Jesus? If you will, stand with me. Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at pastortomcrandall at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ. I love you, my friend. All the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. God bless you.